0: welcome to the b-side outdoor podcast i'm your host frank
1: and i'm Brandy. so we have shy Ann. she is with raptor in media out of um the south texas area and she's actually a very very good close friend of mine and we kind of asked her to hey just kind of come on here and tell us about her business and um She's also a very avid um, outdoors woman and very um, prominent in her um, line of work. So Cheyenne, thanks for jumping on.
2: Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to talking with y'all today. Um, Brandy and I connected through the outdoor world fishing. We actually followed each other on social media for over a year before we decided to meet up and grab dinner. And ever since then, we've just kind of built a friendship from there and I'm glad to call her a friend.
1: So the long story short, like, like the backstory of me and Cheyenne, um, Cheyenne and I followed each other on social media forever, but she thought I hated her and I thought she hated me for the longest time. And one day she was looking for a job here in in my hometown and she's like, hey, and, and she posted something. So I reached out to her. I'm like, just send me your resume, blah, 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 blah and ever since then we've been friends and we had to have a long knockout drag out of what we thought we hated <laughs> each other yeah. so that's besides the point we're not going to get into that um that that might be an episode for later on um we'll have to spill the tea but um but yeah um my my friendship with Cheyenne has grown so much and she's one of my best friends now and and all her to pieces Her and her little nugget and and her boyfriend are very near and dear to my heart. Hopefully, it'll be Beyonce soon, but we're going to keep our fingers crossed on that. (laughs) Justin, if you're listening, sorry, my dude. (laughs) Gosh. Oh, man. He's he's, going to come after me for that one. Well, before we get started, um, I know that you have just started a new company, So go ahead and drop your social medias for that.
2: So you can find us at Rafter End Media on Facebook. And basically, we offer social media management, website builds and management, uh, graphic design. So logos, logo bundles, like if you need uh, designs for apparel. And then also, um, Justin, my boyfriend, does drone videography and photography.
1: See, and I love the drone footages. I, I'm obsessed with it. I want a drone so bad just to get this, the just to get the footage. I, I want to get it a drone.
0: I want to get a drone until I saw what that alligator did to that drone. Did y'all see that video?
1: I
2: saw that. that. <laughs>
1: I didn't see it. That. Yes. that was insane. Well, um, like I said, appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to be with us today but um tell us a little
2: bit about yourself and
1: kind of like um like your background
2: so from the time I mean as far back as I could remember um my family I come from like a I guess farming like ranching type family um my dad myself all my cousins, everybody rodeoed. And so we were a super competitive family, but then uh, my dad owned a construction company and then also managed ranches for like absentee owners that they would come in once or twice a year. So we had management tags for deer. So I grew up like harvesting a lot of whitetail with my dad. Um, and then he wasn't much of the fisherman. My brother was the one that was the fisherman. He uh, guided trips in Cabo. And then he also guided hunts in Mexico and in Colorado. So my love for the outdoors, it was there all through, you know, my childhood I rodeoed a lot more though and that time when I turned 18 I decided to move to the coast uh, took a big leap of faith and moved down there and I lived there for about eight years Um, basically just kind of started fishing learning the saltwater world and um, I grew to really really love it and it just my passion for the outdoors kind of went hand in hand. Then I started entering a couple tournaments. I did pretty good with it. Um, I'm a competitive person. That's just my personality. And I think from my childhood, that kind of, it filled the void of not having something that I could be competitive about, you know, being involved with outdoors down there. And so I ended up working with a fishing apparel company for a, pretty long time. And um, I traveled the whole entire Gulf Coast doing shows and kind of was the face of that company and helped design apparel. um, The whole nine yards pretty much did everything, social media. I built their website and then I started uh, bringing on brand ambassadors for them. Then we started a junior ambassador program and I managed both of those um, I met a lot of people through that, that have became, you know, lifelong friends. Uh, Jamie Myat from Mayak Boats, her two kiddos were some of the first brand ambassadors, junior brand ambassadors that, uh, the company had and, uh, her and I have stayed friends to this day and, um, she'll be getting married soon. So a big congrats to her and then Manuel Laredo out of port connor area, um, I've became and stayed really good friends with him as well. His kids as well were junior brand ambassadors. And anytime I go to port O'Connor, that's who I'm fishing with. So if y'all ever need a trip down there, definitely give him a shout. And yeah, that's kind of, I guess, through the years, it's just grown. I've done social media, uh, built websites for different guides. Uh, when I met Justin, we started doing the drone videography and photography stuff uh, behind boats. And it's just kind of grown so I decided to take another leap of faith and, you know, start Rafter in Media and really brand myself.
1: Excuse me. I just want to say I'm so stinking proud of you for all of your accomplishments, because I've obviously watched your entire journey through all of this. And when I have to say this woman is a freaking strong woman, like, I kid you not, this woman has been through so much. Not, not not only in her personal life, but in her in her career, and um, I'm I'm freaking proud of you. Um, she um, she she took this apparel company and made it to what it is, and then they just new new owners came in and they just let her go. Like the poor thing built this thing from the ground up, put so much time, money, and dedication into it and they just they just cut the umbilical cord they, they cut their entire system and now going back and looking at their website and their social media I mean things are misspelled and um yeah we're, we're, we're yeah So what just, you're saying
0: somebody like me is running their social media now
1: worse <laughs> <laughs> worse so um And if you guys are wondering, like, well, number one, why we're not putting out a video is because I just rolled out of bed. Number two, um, I went fishing yesterday and got my butt kicked. So um, your girl's a little rough this morning. Um, And it's also 1040. And Frank had to call me three times to get me out of bed. But that's besides (laughs) the point. (laughs) That's besides the point. Um, So hold on. I got to pull my notes back up because I'm ridiculous. Well, um, I just
0: want to touch on like she was talking about the contacts she made and that's kind of like look, if I just want to say cuz I'll help anybody that I can get into the industry even though I'm not that far into the industry yet. It's all about networking, right? Mm-hmm. Um and Servicize did a podcast just on how to get into the industry. And they said there's two ways. You either put yourself out there and let every company know you'll do everything you can to make their products better looking. Or you start your own company. So, and I didn't want to start my own company, but it kind of just evolved into starting B side. And then, you know, through social media networking, I met Brandy. Actually, it was just through TikTok. I had never seen anything else she'd done. And I saw oh what, God. you know, I started following her on TikTok. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to branch out to somebody that's a female voice in the industry. And mm-hmm. the rest is history at this point, right? You good over there, Brandy? You look like I'm you about dying.
1: I'm dying. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, um, so we were talking about your your new company called Rafter Inn Media. Um. Tell us a little bit um, more about that and kind of how that got started.
2: So the name came from uh, my boyfriend's family's ranch, uh, Rafter Inn. Uh, that's their family brand. And it's something that I guess we spend a lot of time there (laughs) um as Brandy knows we're there just about every weekend if we're not out doing something else like fishing um Justin and I both just we share the same passion for a lot of things in life and um so that's kind of where the name originated from and then as far as the I've been doing I guess freelance work for years and I've went to work for other people. And I just, I guess my thinking is why help one person when I could help, you know, 10 others. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it is that I, I don't want to be just tied to one company anymore. I've done it. I've been there and bought the t-shirt and it's just not my deal. I'd, I'd rather represent multiple companies and, uh, be able to get their names out there, help them grow their businesses, teach them about their social media, you know, how to use it, when to use it the, import, the importance of it, because there's a lot of people still that they don't realize the importance of it. Um, they don't understand the impact of, you know, not being consistent and what, you know, how that can affect your growth. So that, um, that's my biggest thing. My dad was an old timer and he didn't understand anything that I did for work. Um he thought that it was just the dumbest thing ever, social media when it came around. And so um I know that we're going into a new era basically and I just there's a lot of businesses that are out there that I think are getting overlooked and I like to reach out and I like to help those businesses.
1: So how many businesses are you um contracted with right now
2: um right now I'm in the works with it's a government entity I'm not gonna say any names yet but having them as a like I would handle all their social media I just finished their website for them and then in a a med spa out of New Braunfels I handle all of their social media um any incoming outgoing messages like everything and then I would say I just finished up with Baron's Livestock um, not long ago, but a lot of my stuff right now is still a lot of freelance. So it's like every day my phone rings and it's a logo or a website. And then six months from now, people call me back and they're like, hey, you know, I know that you said you offered social media plans. And at the time I thought that it was kind of expensive, but I really can't sit down and put the time into it that I thought that I could. And that's something that's really common. I think we all can say that it's in the grand scheme of things, it seems easy to say, I'm going to devote this time to it and I'm going to create this content and then life happens. And as a business owner, you already are busy. And so that's kind of where I'm catching people right now is that it's people that I've done work for that are reaching back out and they're like, okay, like, we're going to invest the money to have you do our content for us because we see that when we're not consistent that, you know, our engagement drops and whatnot.
1: So from, from you looking at the social media aspects, like how, how, how does that, um, I'm I'm trying to word this right, but how, how does that, how, how is that important nowadays and like Um, why, why is it so critical
2: so everything is digital these days and um I I know that when I go to look at something a lot of times I don't even google it anymore I get on Facebook and I look up the business name I look at their reviews their ratings um you can even see like how long the average time is that it takes for them to respond to a message. And so that alone can tell you a lot about a business. Like, you know, if you're looking to get a custom rod built and you get on a web or get on their Facebook page and it says that their response time is like within two to three days, it's just not really, you know, I'm probably not going to reach out to that person. It's nothing against them. It's just, um, if they're only checking their stuff two or three days, i I just would rather go with somebody that has a better response time. Um, So hashtags are a big thing on social media, TikTok and whatnot, that you can follow those. So my whole TikTok is full of nothing but fishing and hunting stuff and traveling because that's, I mean, that's stuff that I have followed, interacted with. And so those hashtags, it's like it knows, the app knows that it's categorized that way. So it just... I mean, and you can put anything out there on social media these days, and I mean, everybody has a niche, and I feel like that it's freedom of speech, you know, still a lot on social media for the most part, <laughs> um, so I just, I think that when people are posting three to four times a week on social media and keeping it consistent, that it's a... How do I say this? How do I word this? It's you're gonna be way more successful um, with something like that than just utilizing just a website. A website's a great way to have like a portfolio to show your services and your work for them to refer back to. But social media, when you're active on it, and I can go to their page and see, you know, like, okay, well, this is what they've came out with, this is what's going on, and they're very active. It keeps people drawn like to the page. So it just, it's a way of keeping up more, more or less. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and, and you said something about like
1: hashtags and all of that stuff. So let's, let's talk about algorithms. <clears throat> now that, um, now that we're on the social media side of things, algorithms, what, what have you seen in algorithms? Have they changed? Cause I've, I've, I've heard kind of a controversy between that, that, that that people are not getting views because supposedly algorithms change um
2: so so how
1: how do you make sure that that your stuff is still being seen
2: Mm -hmm. so this is a this is kind of controversial um i think that out of all the apps right now tiktok is the easiest to be seen um When it comes to Facebook and Instagram, it's tough. If you didn't get on social media, like back in 2013, 2014, it's tough because things aren't in chronological order anymore. It just kind of goes by. I mean, you can have a reel that pops up that somebody posted, you know, a year ago, but it's just now coming across your feed. Um, So I, it's tough. I, that's why I stress consistency. Um, a lot of my people that I work with, we do social media calendars. So like the med spa that I work with out in New Braunfels on Tuesdays, we always do a testimonial Tuesday. On Fridays, we post on the 15th of every month, we do a giveaway that that kind of gives us a bunch of engagement um, in the comments that people are tagging each other. Um, We just Three to four times a week, we're posting. We share stuff from other people as well that are like in that town in the business to kind of break through the algorithm. Um, I, I think right now, I don't want to get political, but I think right now that um, a lot of our algorithms are kind of shut down with everything that is going on in the world. It's just kind of, it's being hindered because everything that we're seeing on social media is kind of what the government wants us to see right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Frank, I see you itching to, to, to talk. Um, no, I'm not itching to talk. I, I'm actually very interested in this because <laughs> like um, I've, I've talked with like Vinny a ton and it's like, man, I don't know how I can go put a TikTok out and get 100,000 views on the dumbest TikTok I ever did. Put the same video out on YouTube and it's because their algorithm's totally different. You don't get mm-hmm. you might get 10 views on that video. So it's almost, you have to, from what I've experienced, you have to tailor your post for the content. To each platform. To each platform. So mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's yes. a lot.
2: <laughs> it is, and it's tough because Instagram and Facebook, they can kind of work hand in hand. But then when it comes to like TikTok, it's it's a whole nother animal. <laughs> um, like most of my videos that have gotten... 60,000 views on TikTok or something like that, you know, in that neighborhood, it's been a lot of people I think followed me because I was like a woman in the outdoor industry, a woman in the outdoor industry and uh, was into fishing. And I think that that's like what really drew people in at first. And so I've noticed still to this day that like, I've stayed true to that. I still post content like that and I still get views.
0: What are your
1: thoughts on that, Frank?
0: On on what? The uh, women in the outdoor industry or sorry. I like... mean
1: we
2: I mean we
0: <laughs> you, can go you... down
1: that road if you want to go down that road. So
0: I just
2: have to say I don't I I don't think that there's a wrong or a right or wrong to it, but I feel like that it's just like when I was with the apparel company, I like the professional side of things I there is nothing that like like some of the content that I've posted of drone videos um was in like the Mayak Tower boat and I just you know that to me is just so raw and so real to see that boat like go over inches of water that's so interesting to me and I know it could be boring to other people but I have been told that it's it is nice as as a woman in the industry to not just be posting other things, you know what I mean? And to have it all out there for everybody to see, to get views. That's not really like what I'm there for.
0: So when I, when I brought Brandy on as a guest, that was really the main reason I reached out to her was because she had all of this following and the most scandalous thing you ever see her in is shorts that cover everything, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm a fat girl. I got to be covered. And that's when I worked in the apparel company and Brandy knows firsthand because she used to wear this apparel. Um, we went from sizes we really we did extra small. We carried all the youth sizes and I made sure that we went up to a 5X because the clientele that came to the shows like Houston Fishing Show and that would come in our booth and they were able to go get, you know, the same literally if they wanted like the cryptic camo or whatever they could get it in whatever size you know it wasn't just cut off at okay there's this small rack like everything was carried through all sizes because I know how like I know I'm mid-sized and I know how it is to go try on a swimsuit or a fishing shirt and it's just it's irritating you know a
1: pair of waiters Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brady so,
2: knows
1: about <laughs> So Cheyenne Was like uh, When when she moved up um, To Central Texas with Justin Because um, he got a job offer She sold all of her fishing stuff Including her waders <laughs> Including her waders So I called her one day And I was like, hey, do you and Justin want to go fishing? Blah, 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 blah Man, mind you, It's freaking cold outside And we were like, we're, we're going to go Wade fish the, the surf She's like, I have to go get waiters. I'm like, uh, okay, we'll 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 go to Roy's and go get some waiters. This poor girl. She's you're what, five, four, five, five? Two. You're five, two? I thought you were doing yeah. that for some reason. And she is petite. She is a petite woman. And this poor girl, I think, tried on four different pairs of waiters and they swallowed her. And she was in like I think
2: you ended up getting what a youth size or something I think it was a youth extra extra large or a um a woman's small I think in the sims but it was just it's frustrating I hate trying stuff on I'm not gonna
1: lie he hated every single second of it I'm like Cheyenne just just think about it like as as soon as we get the things that we need we get to go fishing and it's just mm-hmm. like it's like bribing your husband is like bribing cheyenne, like just think if you get this done, we get to go fishing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I'm the same way i'm I'm the exact same way um so now with with all of that being said, so what 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 what's this what is the biggest stigma you would change, and why?
2: Um, I remember when I first started fishing, Um, it was the same thing with, I've dealt with it my whole life. Um, I, I guess was like a tomboy growing up. And so I've dealt with it my entire life that, you know, I know that this sounds so dumb, but like, I truly like the fad now of like everybody with Western fashion and stuff like that. That was me in high school when it was not cool. <laughs> so um, that's, I guess I've dealt with it my whole life and I've just stayed true to myself. And with the fishing industry, when I first started out, women were not fishing. It it truly was not. Um, it just, you didn't see women driving boats. You didn't see them at the back, at the boat ramps, back on trailers in. And I, I just, I remember at 4th of July one time, like it was crowded in Rockport and I drove a big truck. I backed up the trailer, like launched the boat, everything. And there was a guy that was like, like who taught you to do that? And it's just like, that's, that was part of my life. I pulled trailers my whole life. So I think the, the stigma of, and traveling, you know, with the apparel company, it was two women, me and one other lady at the time that we traveled hauling this trailer everywhere Uh, We never asked for help. We had everything designed where we could roll it off the trailer in 30 minutes and get it back on the trailer in about 30, 45 minutes at the end of the show. So we had it down to a T, but I can't tell you how many times when we were traveling that it was like, I guess, you know, whether it was going to buy windshield wipers, I remember one time, it was like. It is the stupidest things that like men just thought that we were just so dumb, you know, for a lack of better words when it came to stuff. and it was just so annoying that like people didn't think. And I remember one time in the elevator in Baton Rouge, a guy was like, You know, this apparel company, like, who's that? da 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 da. And the lady I was with was like, Well, I own it. And he was like, Oh, like, you fish' And we both just kind of were like sitting there like, yeah, we do. And that was when we started going to the shows and seeing how many women that came to the booth. We carried crazy prints, but we also carried stuff that was like, in a way, it was sharp. It was professional. Um, And it was clothing with a drop or two of attitude. That was what the original owner had kind of dubbed it as. And the amount of women that came into the booth and that were able to they were like, we love to fish, but there's just like not a spot for us. Well, there is, you just have to make your spot, you know, and make yourself get out there and be a part of it, get out there with the guys. And that's how I learned to fish. I mean, that's truly, I have had people make me cry on the boat when I first started that they were so hard on me, but I'm so thankful for that now because I feel like that that's made me just a better fisherman in the long run but so if any woman women are out there listening it's that's my biggest thing is that if somebody tells me tells me that you can't you can you know that's See, what that oh
1: go ahead, right. go ahead frank go
0: ahead so you know you say that and like somebody's like when so when we go offshore fishing first of all that's a different world like if you go mm-hmm. you know inshore fishing somebody gets seasick yeah you can run 20 minutes back in you're offshore, you're four or five hours out. And my family's theory is we're going to treat everybody on that boat. Like they're the same person. You're going to get cursed yes. out when you do something stupid. And we're going to jump up and down and celebrate. And like my aunt likes to go fish offshore with us, but she's a cheerleader. And um, I got a video. You can actually hear them screaming in the background while we're catching fish. Cause they were so excited that we caught, we limited out a snapper. <laughs> like, but I have a cousin that's uh freshman in high school. And she's been fishing with her dad since she could probably walk almost. And Mm -hmm. in that video, I think it was the funniest thing. She's so petite. She's got her both hands on the reel like this, one on each side of the knob. And she's cranking it like that because she couldn't physically pull the fish up without it. And it's like, I have it in the video. And I was like, man, somebody somebody actually called me and I'm like, man, that's kind of wrong that y'all got to make her do that. I was like, she wants to do it. And we're not going to stop her. If that's how she's got to do it, that's how she's mm-hmm. going to do it, you know? And it's I think it's one of them things that in the last 10 years, you've had a lot more of the breaking of gender stereotypes, you know, that men mm-hmm. hunt, men, girls play with dolls. And I'm trying to do <laughs> yeah. that currently with my daughter is because she's a competitive dancer. And it's like, she doesn't go outside much. She doesn't do that stuff. But I just posted a TikTok. And it's the cutest TikTok in the world that she found an acorn. And she came up to me. She's like, what is this, daddy? And I was like, well, it's an acorn, you know. And I said, when you're looking for deer and bear, that's what you go look for. Because she told me she wants to bear hunt just recently. And I have no idea where that came from. But (laughs) (laughs) because nobody in our family bear hunts. But while we were at the park, she saw a little boy that she knew. And she went up there and gave the whole spiel. This is an acorn from an oak tree. And that deer and bear (laughs) eat them. So I put the TikTok out just because it's like, look, you could teach whether it's a boy, a girl, whatever, at whatever age to do it. So mm-hmm.
2: that's and that's my little girl since it was legal for her to be on a boat, which was Texas Parks and Wildlife in Texas. I think it's four months. I have pictures of her that I had a 16 a foot Mayak tower boat back in the day and I have pictures of her bundled up you know, like asleep up there, just chilling while we were fishing and she's grown up on the water. And so she's not scared of anything. And, um, when, then, you know, we go to Justin's ranch a lot and she's out there with us all the time that she, like this year, she wants to kill her first year. I don't know if that's going to happen. She's still really little. Um, but that's stuff that interests her and I'm glad because I'm glad that she's not stuck in front of an iPad all day like most kids are I love her pet cow yeah peaches. peaches is um is um turned in because he's still a bull calf and um yeah I think we're gonna have to take him to the cell barn because he's um he's gotten a little mean yeah. so her
1: little buddy yeah so, so every time Cheyenne goes to the um goes to the ranch she always sends me a picture of hey of of her daughter um playing with this calf and it is the cutest darn thing I think I've ever seen in my life like this kid is obsessed with this cow and mm-hmm. and I love it mm-hmm. So and, and and we're gonna stay on the topic of um of women in the outdoors and stuff, but um I've I've definitely noticed there are more women taking interest mm-hmm. in getting outdoors. So hunting, fishing, kayaking, paddle boarding, like you name it. I, I I think that there were so many of us that were doing it behind closed doors because we didn't want to be judged or
0: um I'm still judging you. I mean, I don't, it's not in a bad way. I just always judge you. So. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Um, But yeah, um, I I feel like a lot of women did it behind closed doors just due to the fact that they didn't want to be judged or they didn't want um, a man to correct them. Like yesterday I was flying fish and in Corpus and there was a dude that was like, well, let me show you how to do this better love or let or let me take care of this for you I'm like dude I got it like I've I've been doing this for about 10 years like I've got this and he sat there and just watched me the entire time I'm like okay you 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 can leave now like I've I'm just cutting fish like it's not a huge deal but I think a lot of women are so afraid to be judged in that aspect or They don't want to hear the criticism on something that they've done so much research on and have a passion for. And I feel like when, when people start giving their opinion, it kind of um, discourages them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there, there there was one point in time where I wanted to throw all my fish and stuff away because I I just got frustrated. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I'm just going to take it. I'm just throw it all in the ocean because I was so frustrated number one at myself for allowing someone to put me in that situation of being discouraged and number two of just being just disrespectful in that aspect so that's just my point Cheyenne do you have anything to say on
2: that I agree with that I mean that's it's tough I um I remember at the boat ramp and just like you know, when it went to, when I didn't know how to clean fish, like it just being like, to me, it was almost embarrassing that like, I couldn't do stuff like that at first, you know, like I had to learn. Um, but I do remember that there was a time that I could not catch fish and cause I didn't know what I was doing when I started out, you know, like I didn't really in the beginning have anybody with knowledge to teach me. So it was just like more or less going out there and winging it. And, um, then I started fishing with a few of my friends that became that they're good friends, they're captains. And, um, they taught me, you know, like when the temperature is this degrees, is like the fish are going to be over shell and it's this degrees, they're going to be over grass. And, um, then I, I got the Nautide app and it tells me all the feeding times and major majors and minors. And so I just studied stuff like that. And, eventually I just kind of got the hang of it. And, um, but yeah, it, it was tough in the beginning, but it's rewarding. And I don't, I don't get to fish as much as I would like to anymore. Like I used to, when I lived in Rockport, I literally fished every single day. Um, I would either get off work and go fishing, or there was a lot of times that I was, out in the water like wade fishing and stuff like that filming trips and whatnot for work so um I kind of got the best of both worlds back then now I just get to go you know maybe every couple months or once a month sometimes to port a and fish but it did it took a long time for me to get to where I was and to feel comfortable I guess like getting on a boat and knowing that I could hold my
0: own but you know you say that and it's like Brandy asked me on the last episode how I feel about somebody, a woman backing it in the trailer. And I was like, I don't care if you're a woman, a man, I don't care who you are. If you can't do it, I'll tell you, watch out, let me do it. You know, if mm-hmm. you can do it, I'm going to let you do it and I'm not going to offer my opinion because I don't want anybody to do it to me. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in a family where I got I got an opinion whether I did something right or wrong. And mm-hmm. so growing up, it's like, oh, you can do it? Cool. Do it. You do your thing I- I'm going to over here.
2: I do have a a kind of a funny story. Um, Another time, 4th of July in Rockport, there was a crap load of boats and whatnot. And there was a guy that he was just being rude. He was cutting people off. Just, I mean, and I'm not, I am brandy knows me i'm not one to start something at all he is
1: not a confrontational person
2: <laughs> i all. avoid confrontation i, I will run the and confrontational
1: hide. person of our friendship let's just be real
2: but this guy he had cut me off like i was already pretty much like i had backed to where i was going to be next in line to back down into the rant. and this guy just out of nowhere just like goes right past me and I just was like seriously well then when he was getting closer to the ramp he could not get his trailer straight to save his life like it was like jackknifed then I mean it was like 30 minutes later I'm not exaggerating that finally at this point that he is pulling out of the ramp and I just had my so I used to drive a a 350 dually and I just had my window rolled down and I just kind of casually told him I said hey bud like if you needed help backing your trailer down, like." He should have just asked because he just was a complete because when he went by me, I just was like, what the heck, you know, and he was cussing at me. So I felt the need to pop off to him and he proceeded to get out of his truck and say not nice things and actually went to the extent when I got out to push me. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was one of my boat ramp stories. <laughs> it's, it's just I mean, I guess. As a woman in that moment, I was just kind of like, it was one of those moments that I just was like, you know, was don't that, act like you're hot stuff if you can't do it. Don't cut me off if you can't do it.
0: Was that pre or post-COVID?
2: This was pre-COVID.
0: Okay. Cause this since, was like
2: right before COVID.
0: So like since COVID, you have seen so much of the people that can't handle their boat or can't back a trailer and it's like, come on. Like, well, because during
1: COVID, everyone went and bought boats.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we went, we went, and I said, if, and if also, if you ever want to see me, but I can't handle boats, go to Crab Island in Destin, Florida. There, mm. nobody How there can it handle boats. I be a such
1: boat. bad anxiety. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you ever need entertainment, go to the Port O'Connor boat ramp during yeah. the afternoons yeah. with a case of beer and a couple of chairs. You will sit there and die laughing. It, it is the it, purest entertainment.
0: Bridgeside Marine is the same way. And I think what makes it even funnier is that you can't, like, it's not a one that you can, if you got a big boat, you have to jackknife the boat to get into the ramp. So you have to jackknife it and back in. You can't just back, like, line up and back in. And it's the funniest thing in the world to watch people. And they, they finally opened across the street from them a second launch that you could put like big offshore boats and you don't have to like do crazy maneuvering in, but we used yeah. to go sit there and just drink beer and laugh at people and try to offer help. But half the time they didn't want to listen. So
2: yeah, yeah. it's, it's
1: definitely entertainment for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I, I, I know that I've spoke on, um, like the impact that I want to have on the outdoors. And I know Frank has um, spoke on his impact. Cheyenne, what, what what impact do you want to have on the outdoor world?
2: Um, For me, I just, I mean, I want everybody to enjoy it as much as I can. Um, I want, you know, the next person next to me to enjoy it as much as I do. And I have, and um, I've, I think for me, the out, I guess my goal and everything with the fishing and stuff like that is to really just get other people like involved. Um, I did one time I put together a trip. It was a giveaway through their apparel company that we sent a family to Rockport. I filmed the whole thing. Um, They went fishing. They caught like, I think four limits of redfish. Um, But it was just neat because I guess what would be an average day for me was, was something to them that meant so much more. And that that is something that I absolutely loved was seeing the kids and then being able to just like the smiles, their laughter was like contagious. And that's just really what it's all about for me is just watching people get involved and have a good time. And that's, I have a hard time when it comes to tournaments. I know that there's money on the line and I know it's all serious, you know, but I have a hard time when you have the people that cheat To get there because I feel like those people a long time ago, they stopped having fun and they stopped really like enjoying the sport for what it is. And they lost the concept of, you know, why that, you know, I guess why they're even there to enjoy it. And that's what's tough for me to see people do go down that route because they'll get so into it and then it's just like they go to such lengths to you know be number one and I just I don't really care if I'm number one I just know that I go have a good time
0: you know? yeah
1: for sure I mean and, and you can definitely tell like um if if I didn't know you like just on your social media how much you just genuinely enjoy it I mean I've I've seen you at tournaments and and st- like, there's, there's a huge tournament in Rockport called Babes on the Bay. And, um, and I've just seen you genuinely just enjoy yourself and, mm-hmm. and you produced fish and you still had a paycheck at the end of the day. Like you genuinely have fun and that's hard to find in a person nowadays. I mean, let's, let's just touch base on, on the walleye tournament that, that everyone, one's been talking about but like those men have literally taken money out of people's pockets who are genuinely enjoying the sport who genuinely want conservation and all of these things and actually use the um the brands that were on these guys shirts that were not affiliated with these guys um
0: So did you hear yeah. what actually happened like last season with them guys come to find out? Mm-mm. So so the reason a lot of their brands didn't sponsor them anymore was because last season they won a tournament that was like a boat. Uh, it was a boat and all kind of stuff. Well, they refused to the polygraph. Well, in any big tournament that does a polygraph, refusal is automatically admitted to guilt and they, they terminate that part of it. Well, they sued the tournament and won the lawsuit and got the boat back so all of their sponsors pulled from that that's Um, why none of their sponsors were sponsoring them anymore
2: and i've seen it you know at babes on the bay i remember not long ago that there was a time that there was women that they shoved weights down the throats of the fish and to me i'm just like at that point like you've clearly stopped having fun you've lost you know sight of what really the the whole purpose as to like why we're here yes it's competitive and I am I will be the first one to say that I cannot fish with somebody that's not competitive because that's just so deeply in my blood that like I am I'm there 100% to have fun but I also show up to fish and produce fish. I'm not going to be the one that's eating sandwiches and drinking drinks on the boat. Like the last time I fished babes on the bay, we waded through stink ass mud, excuse my language for literally the entire day to get our fish. And one of the women in our, in our group, um, or in our division, which I was guided artificial. And there, there wasn't a lot of the people just fishing artificial. We were a smaller group, um, we we had a tough time. Everybody had a tough time. It they were were using the fishing chaos app. It showed. I mean, it literally showed nobody had fish on the board. But there was this team that at 8 30 in the morning they had all their fish and they were done. And I was like, "There's no way. There's and, no and way." And each
1: fish was twenty eight on the dot. Yep. Oh
2: yeah. Like that's... caught caught their stud fish. Just they were done by 8 30 and I just was like. You know, I hate to be that person, but I was like, there's no way, because I know who left beside us at the boat ramp, and I know they haven't weighed fish in, and I know that they do, you know, exceptionally well every year, and they ended up going to jail that day. Like, they got arrested, and they went to jail and spent the night in jail for, I think it was, like, theft, which it's true. They were literally going to, if they wouldn't have got caught they would have stolen money out of the pockets that people that should have gotten it
0: you you know i i don't fish like big tournaments Uh, i'm starting to do it a little bit more like some of the cca tournaments but like i fish a bunch of benefit tournaments and Mm -hmm. and i i I, like i'll place like second third whatever well this year um we had a local fire department tournament i caught a speckled trout that was 2.27 pounds And there was a guy that was like, oh, they ran all the way out to Barataria Bay. It's a 40, it's a 15 minute boat ride. Like buy you a boat if you're that worried about placing, getting away the $25 to do it. But anyway, so, and then I started looking at it. The rest of the fish was a 2.24 and a 2.23. Like, so you can't say that I did anything different than the other two people did. I just happened to have a heavier fish at the end of the day. And, but it was like, it's like, man, look, if you're fishing a, first of all, it's a benefit tournament. There's no big money. I think third, I think every, the most you win is $5. You get a $5 gift card if you take third place. Like, so it's, like, <laughs> but it's, yeah. just, you see it and it's like, dude, I'll take some, like I like to have fun and I like to win. And honestly, I don't have to win the tournament. I just want to beat my uncles and my grandpa. Like, that's the thing. I don't even have to win in the tournament. I just want to beat somebody. I think we all have that
2: when we, when we, I think we all have that mindset when we go into a tournament though, that there's, there's one team out there that you're like, I got to beat them. You know, there's always that one team and another tournament before that, that I fished. Um, I had never fished with these women and I will say that they were like pretty, you know, but it was, we just didn't mesh and at like six o'clock we'll safe light that morning i cast it out and i caught our heavy trout like right off the bat the rest of the day we could not find redfish to save our lives and we went to weigh in they literally left like they just took off left well guess who got second place women's heavy trout this girl and so then I go up on stage and they're like oh well your team can come up here with you and I'm like they left like they were so like just down and out about it they didn't that just ruined their day that we didn't catch redfish which yeah it was I mean, we were down about it or whatever, but not to the point that I was just going to leave and not say anything to the people that I was fishing with. They literally left me. And then I ended up winning something, you know, so you never know. Like, and the other thing is, is sometimes when you're having a rough day, everybody else is having a rough day. So you just, you truly never know.
1: Yeah. When, when we were fishing babes, um, it wasn't last year, but it was the year before it was the same year you were fishing. Like I would, and that, that was the first year we used the fishing chaos app mm-hmm. and l- like a cold front and I mean, mind you, this tournament's in May.
0: All right. Time, out, so, time yeah. out. I don't want to cut you off. What is the chaos fishing app? I have never heard of this.
2: So you upload, like you upload a photo, the link and wait, is it wait, right? I don't think wait's a part of it. No, I think it's, I think it went by inches. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. It's, and that's what, that's how the girls, that's the same year Brandy's talking about that the girls, they put in 228 redfish. So when it goes by inches, I mean, and in Texas, our limit's 28 inches. Like, I mean, they won technically, but then I think that they refused polygraph or they failed it is how it all came out.
1: So they, from, from my understanding, um, they they submitted four twenty eight inch redfish by eight thirty a.m. and they snipped the tails on two. Ooh. And the other two they caught from a previous Correct. tournament.
2: I think the day before. I did hear that but they were staked.
1: Yeah. So um I know that the girls got arrested and I believe the captain got arrested as well. Mm-hmm. Um and now they are um I think they have a felony
2: charge on them now. I know that they're banned from fishing, <laughs> but I didn't yeah. know in depth details.
1: That's just what I've heard through um, through a couple of people who were kind of high up in the in the Babes on the Bay board. Um, but I don't, I I don't know if that's 100% true, but that's what I've heard from speculation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, um, and, and I've also heard even just in general, just people entering two tournaments in one day and submitting the same fish for both tournaments. Like,
2: like that's not right. I do. I do recall that happening.
0: So, so i got a question for y'all because y'all, y'all do a statewide CCA tournament. That's the month of like the summer months. So
2: we like, have, um, it's the, like star, the, the star, the star tur- tournament. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah, <laughs> The star tournament. So how do y'all feel like if somebody was to enter a smaller tournament, then turn around and enter it in the CCA?
2: I mean, if you're, if you're entered in both I don't see a problem with it. Um, I, I personally did not in twenty twenty buy register or whatever the ninety something dollars, and then I caught a flounder that I would have won a shoal water boat. So there's that. So now I always enter it, but um, yeah, I don't, I I don't know if I'm misunderstanding your question, but I don't no, see I, a problem with like entering
0: well, both. So I, so I know somebody that had a fish that the tournament we were fishing in actually took third place. He took second place CCA star so it's like that's... oh you're
2: saying using the same fish yeah using the same no fish. no i just don't think that that's right like i just i don't
0: yeah
2: i think it's pick one or the other uh i don't think you should be able to reap the benefits of both yeah, yeah. i
1: mean me personally if i catch a cca redfish i'm cashing it on cca i'm not yeah gonna yeah. submit it no for a tournament
0: that's how, mm-hmm. um, that's what somebody was like, man, I can't believe you buy a star tournament ticket every year. I said, cause the one year I don't buy it, I'm going to win the boat yeah. or the truck or, you know, something or They're like the combo. Yeah. Well, we, I don't think they do a combo in Louisiana anymore.
1: Oh, uh, they do a combo here.
0: They, oh, they, they do a
2: combo here.
0: Yeah. So they, they took all, they actually, they changed a lot this year. It used to be a not a star boat with a GMC truck this year. I want to say it was a Chevy truck and second place was the not star and i was like gotcha. and i was like man i really like the combos that's the what big thing was it was like a truck and a boat but-
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so here they do the ford f-250 and i don't remember if it's a i thought they switched to a mouty is it a mouty no it's not a mouty it's either i think it's. i think it's a haney
2: let me see really quick so,
0: so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there we got off a of topic. See, Brandon, that's your fault. Uh,
1: a part of me thinks that I think they switched to a Haney.
2: Let me see.
0: So, just how did how did y'all oh, it see?
2: is it is it's an F one hundred and fifty with a a Haney Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, see, so, I'm smart.
1: Sometimes
0: you don't so give me enough credit, Frank. What's what's crazy? What's crazy this year in Louisiana? They had one tagged redfish that was entered in the entire state.
1: This year's been rough. Like, like it was to the point where they were starting to give hints on where they were at because no one was catching fish.
0: They so they had before the first one was caught, they had six that were posted on social media that the people were just weren't a member of the tournament. Yeah. And like oh my gosh. I I know a guy that like when you come in, he's like hey i'm gonna register you for the cca tournament along like in your guide fee that's a part of it and and people yeah. are like why he's like just because like what if you do with a truck a boat a camper you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like- yeah
1: for sure um so yeah um Cheyenne, do you um do you see yourself fishing any tournaments next year
0: um,
2: I did have a lady that was interested in fishing the women's PRL, but I'm just, I'm just not sure. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. So we shall see. I don't know I what the future can. is.
1: I've looked at the fees for PRL
2: and it's expensive? So I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure yet.
1: I mean, you, you, I think you know what tournament I'm talking about that I really want you to fish with
0: me. Babes. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get everybody. Know. She has tried to get everybody <laughs> to fish that tournament, though. Like
1: Babes or hotties or saltwater sweeties.
2: I don't know. I just, um, I definitely would want to do artificial only. That's. I'm game for that. That's my only. Deal, okay. I might soak a few croakers sometimes, but not much. I'm just not much of a bait fisherman.
1: It's just a lot It's a it- lot of money, and I believe artificial weighs out like it weeds through your trash fish.
0: Mhm, not necessarily, so it depends on what you're calling a trash fish, so this year. And I've started seeing a lot more of it. I don't know if the catfish population's out of control or what, but on artificial, I've caught, a, it sh- I should have probably entered it in the state record. It was the biggest gaff top I have ever seen come out of the water. And then I've turned around and caught a hardhead catfish on artificial. I almost quit fishing right then and there. It was like a four pound hardhead catfish. That's impressive. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> That, I just, that is
1: impressive
2: i just think that um with everything that's going on with our trout regulations and stuff like that i really think that like the croaker fishermen i'm saying like guides okay to be specific guides that use croaker for their clients that the clients don't really know how to fish and then the fish you know a 15 inch fish swallows a croaker and that fish is dead you know, so that is my, that's, if we want to get into the trout regulations, <laughs> that is my biggest thing is that, um, I mean, the last couple times I've been in port O'Connor, I've seen 15, 16, 17 inch trout, well, really 15, 16 inch, they're just floating that they're just dead because like you technically can't keep a 15 inch trout, but it's going to lay out there and die and the dolphins are going to eat it.
0: So, you want to talk about y'all trout regulations. We just went down. So, they put a notice of intent to change ours from 25 to 15, and the Louisiana trout fishermen are on, like, a murder rampage. And I'm like, bro, you could have regulations like Texas and Mississippi that you get three. Like, come on.
2: So, y'all can keep 15 trout per day. That was my exact reaction.
0: (laughs) Currently, currently... It's in public comment to drop the limit. Currently, we can keep 25 at 12 inches. Wow. <laughs> and that what's, was
1: my exact
0: reaction. <laughs> and like, our well, our redfish is 16 to 27 as the slot, and we can keep five a day with one being over uh, 27. And it's like, but they,
1: but they don't have to have a bull red tag. No, they, they can huh. keep one bull red a day. Yeah. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. Well, I that's... know
2: here that you you tag one, and then you can buy another another tag. Which this year my license is all digital, so like all my fish I tag digitally through the app.
0: Uh, okay, <laughs> that's cool.
2: I know it's kind of it's kind of weird though. Like, I don't know how I feel about listen look, i like getting my actual
1: paper license so i can physically tag my stuff have i ever taken a bull red tag no will i ever take a bull red tag probably not because yeah. once they get that big they're just they're just warming for me you yeah. I just don't,
0: you know and honest, i'm so look this is going to be a very unpopular opinion and people probably oh listen to the podcast I, if I go fishing, I would rather take a picture of what a redfish and put them back in the water. Absolutely. I, I don't think um, there there's, like, I might keep one a year to make a redfish on half shell, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and then I just, I got into, the, Louisiana has a tagging program that I started doing a few years back, and I got really big into that. So it's like, look, our fish are enough herding. I got enough other stuff that I can eat. There's no reason for me to take more than three or four fish a day anyway. So I'll tag them and put them back in the water.
2: Yeah. I don't eat seafoods. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't really, if it was up to me, I wouldn't keep fish. I'll cook it. Like my boyfriend, his family, like everybody else, you know, eats it. So we keep some or whatever, but I don't eat fish. Not going to lie.
1: But. With that being said, you've, you've done a lot of catch and release.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the times in Rockport, a lot of the fish that we caught were catch and release. We used to, I remember like afternoons after work and stuff like that, we go out, um, in the back of Copano and literally just like, we'd catch our fish, we'd release them. And then we go back in, you know, like Mm -hmm. the funnest part to me is the catching, I guess, you know, and like. The hunting them down part. So
1: <laughs> I found a good little honey hole yesterday that I'll have to take you to.
2: I'm down whenever you are. Thinking our new going. thing is our oh, new thing right now is hunting with a thermal. Oh, I wonder we just, why. We just got one. And so that's, we did that, I guess, two weekends ago. We went hunting and I have never in my life, um, like, called for pigs, because where I'm originally from, pigs are, like, so bad that, you know, like, my dad trapped a lot growing up. We had snares. We, they tore up our fences. They were terrible, but at Justin's Ranch, like, I didn't think they were that bad. Well, this, I guess, two weekends ago, we were, we put, like, a baby pig in distress on the little calling dill, and we were sitting in the Jeep. He was sitting, like, on the high rack part and I was sitting down there and it's like two o'clock in the morning it's cold so I had just started to snuggle up and like kind of take a little snooze in the front seat and I heard this something and I was like that sound like that got really loud you know like and then I look and it was a full moon And I look out of the corner of my, there was like 10 pigs about to charge the Jeep that we're in. And all I hear is like, bang, bang, bang. And he got like three of them and then they took off. But that's our new thing is with a thermal. It is amazing how much stuff that you truly miss um, driving around at night because, you know, traditional, like driving around looking for pigs and stuff like that with a thermal, it's a whole different ballgame
0: we don't need to get off on this rabbit hole we just need to start another podcast like we're gonna have to have you back about <laughs> this whole thing
1: <laughs> we will have yes. to have you back with justin yes.
2: okay yes i'm sure he'll be down he's not much of a talker you have to if it's something he's into but he's he's shy i
1: think thermal hunting we we can get him to talk
2: mm-hmm. that our arrowhead hunt hunting that's our other thing that we're doing now but
0: so are y'all a pickup and retrieve or do y'all just pick it up look at it set it back down
2: the arrowheads yeah oh no 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 you gotta take it
0: so so there's so we
2: have been we've been looking at his ranch for a while um there was a lot of flint chips and stuff like that on back behind his parents house we can never find we found one piece that was broken and we've been looking for, like, over the past year, well, two weekends ago, Sunday, we, um I was like, hey, like, let's go look real quick. You know, we ran, we ran out to the other side of the ranch and literally had walked up into the trees and there was like this opening and there was like the little flakes of Flint and he reached down and he kind of looked and he pulled out the perfect, like a perfect arrowhead. And so now like the whole time we were hiking this weekend we were literally like looking down looking for more <laughs> more arrowheads but yeah that's that's our newest thing that we're like into as well. I have um I have a lot of I guess respect for like the Native American culture and I do have Native American blood in me and so that's um growing up I was obsessed with Indians and arrowheads and all
0: that, so yeah. So, so the reason I was saying that is because they found a site that was like ten thousand years old that had Mm -hmm. like fifteen thousand year old arrowheads at the site, and they were because archaeologists are always like, you should pick it up, photograph it, and put it back exactly how it was, so that the next generation can find. I'm like, but humans have obviously been picking up arrowheads for ten thousand years. (laughs) Yes. yes so go ahead drop your socials again just so we can
2: so it's rafter in media on facebook and then you can look me up on tiktok it's cheyenne c-h-e-y-a-n-n-e and then it's ray r-a-e-e and you should find me it's nothing but i guess family stuff and a lot of like if you like hunting and fishing that's that's what's on there
1: and then also drop the website for Rafter In in case people want to come and find you.
2: Yes. So it is rafternmedia.com. And that has information about all of our services. It'll tell you a little bit about our background, um, Justin and I's, and about our family. And yeah, so if you're looking for graphic design or a website, social media help, um, drone videography or photography, we're, we're the people to call. And they do
1: a phenomenal job. Oh, my gosh. So Cheyenne, like, so before we end all this, so Cheyenne always, like, sends me pictures of the stuff, like, before she is either going to post it or publish it or anything like that. And I'm just in awe of it. I mean, from seeing the stuff where she has started to where she is now is a complete transition and I'm just I'm super proud of you and Thank I can't you. wait to see where where you go but yeah we we definitely need um, a part two to this but we need to add your other half and we'll go into more depth about that thermal hunting so um, I think that'll be pretty cool um, but you guys make sure you leave a review on the podcast make sure you follow all the socials we'll also drop Cheyenne's link tree in the description um of the podcast and do y'all have any last minute words
0: make sure you tag b-side and all your outdoor photos too okay
2: we'll do
1: (laughs) frank this is why we keep you
0: i know i I tried to (laughs) when cheyenne had brought up social media i was i posted on the the google docs i was like plug this plug this and you didn't see it
1: i haven't even looked at it if we're being really (laughs) honest All right, guys, until next time, y'all have a blessed week, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
2: All righty, bye.